Listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. I'm your host, Rebecca Rodriguez. I am a veteran teacher and I never bring work home. I'm here to talk about how you can systematically, effectively, and positively prep your classroom so you too can feel balanced, happy, and in control of your life at school and at home. Last Saturday, I had the perfect day full of examples of habits, routines, and rituals. It was the day after my episode on habits, routines, and rituals in the classroom had aired, and so it was fresh on my mind, and so of course I could easily see the day play out in this pattern. First, I woke up to make my husband his snack and lunch bag before his 48-hour shift. The habit is that he needs to eat. The routine for this is that I put effort into making sure that I have the right food, The freezer packs are frozen and all that. The ritual is that I get up, I pack the bag full of foods that I know he loves, that go along with the diet that he upholds, and then I make a protein shake for the road. And I'm sure to have it ready to go with a kiss as he leaves. After that, I went to the gym. My habit is that I go to the gym six days a week. My routine is that I make sure to study how to do what I wanna do and work specific muscle groups. I wear a calorie tracker to record my progress and I'm consistent in my efforts. The ritual is that I put on music that I love and I practice gratitude for the abilities I have within my body or I attend with people I love and get to laugh and grow with them in our relationships. Then I went home to get some work done. It's a habit. Every Saturday I mow the lawn. Routine, I mow first, then trim the edges, then blow the clippings off the driveway and the sidewalk. My ritual is that I put on my headphones and I sing loudly to songs I love and enjoy the beautiful Arizona beginning of spring. Then I took myself to the nail salon and had them take care of my hands while I had great conversations with amazing, powerful women who routinely serve others. As I embraced the power of the rituals and routines and habits of my normal Saturday, I was filled with gratitude and love and I felt sustained. Join me today as we explore habits, routines, and rituals that we can have in our personal lives, why they are essential for our mental health and relationships, and how to implement them quickly and simply into your life. In last week's episode, I began by defining our terms. That was episode nine, habits, routines, and rituals for the classroom. First of all, habits are an automatic urge to do something that you need or want to be done. So we can nurture habits, but once we put an emphasis on a habit, it really becomes a routine. So a routine is defined as a procedure or it is a deliberate practice, meaning that it's conscious. We have to think about doing it. If we don't put in the deliberate practice, it's going to die away. It won't last. And then once they are so ingrained into our daily routine that they're no longer deliberate, we can count them as habits. Both habits and routines are regular, repeated actions, but habits happen with little to no conscious thought, where routine requires a higher degree of intention and effort. A ritual, however, is a little bit different. So a ritual is when you're fully engaged with a task with a focus on the experience of the task rather than just completing the task. The difference between a ritual and a routine is actually the attitude that you have behind the action, why you're doing it, with what emphasis you are doing that action. 
Routines are actions that just need to be done. There's maybe no emotion behind it. And a ritual would be more a more meaningful practice with a real sense of purpose. Why are rituals so important? I saw a meme this past week from a, from Teacher Misery on Instagram. It said, do you ever feel like your body's check engine light has been on and you're still driving it like, nah, it'll be fine. I, I kind of laughed at that one because, I mean, I think we're all feeling that right now. We're in the middle of, you know, the last little bit of school. Um, we're about to head into spring break. And I was just feeling that fatigue of feeling like I'm running a marathon and never really getting a break. According to Scientific American, people engage in rituals with the intention of achieving a wide set of desired outcomes, from reducing their anxiety to boosting their confidence, alleviating their grief, to performing well in a competition. Rituals can have a causal impact on people's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. When I read that, I thought that that was really amazing. I've tried to implement rituals in my classroom where I really put an emphasis on why I'm doing what I'm doing instead of just doing vocabulary and telling them, just do this worksheet. I try to make sure that we're doing activities where they can bond with each other or with me and putting an emphasis on the why we're doing it to make it a ritual and to build our relationships in the classroom. So I was reading, you know, as I was reading this article and it was talking about a wide set of desired outcomes and that it wasn't just to build comp or uh, sorry build relationships i really realized how personal they are as well so talking about reducing anxiety boosting confidence when people are grieving for any reason that, that there are rituals that you can do to help that grief feel better and to go away quicker in competition, we've seen basketball players that have that exact thing that they do every time they do a free throw, and it actually does improve their abilities. So I really was interested. So I continued reading the article. Um, it is titled, Why Rituals Work by Francesca Gino and Michael Norton. I'm going to include the link to this article in the show notes today so you can read it. It's pretty good. So it says in there that behavioral scientists and professors at Harvard Business School did some studies. And so in this, they discussed a study where the sports athletes improved in intention and execution, sorry, in attention and execution, as well as improved confidence and emotional stability after completing their personal rituals. So after they completed their personal rituals, they had improved confidence, they improved their attention and their execution of what they were trying to do, and they felt more emotionally stable after completing their rituals. And I thought, uh, I think those are things that everybody wants. And especially teachers, when we're feeling that fatigue, when we're feeling that pressure, that stress of maybe ending a grading period or, or realizing like, oh, I still have three weeks before another break or some of those things where we're just feeling worn out, these personal rituals could really help us. Francesca and Michael also discussed that people turn to rituals in times of stress, grief, or in times when they're kind of delving into the unknown because they are helpful in the process of uh, to mentally deal with the emotions and then to move forward. 
I think that that's really interesting that there are things that we could do, um, maybe breathing exercises or some people maybe um, do the, the stress ball or those things could actually be ritualized and really help us as we face those times where we feel some of those really hard to feel feelings and we don't know what to do. That if we have a ritual that we know what to do, that is really important in helping us to get rid of these negative emotions to actually work through them and not just ignore them. When I was in high school, there was a song, it was a punk rock song, and I loved it. It was called Beard of Shame. And in the song, he talks about this girl, his girlfriend broke up with him and he had grown a beard of shame. And in this article, they actually talked about that there is that this is a ritual that people will do, that they will grow their facial hair. And um, it made me think of that song because in the song, he was able to, he grew this beard of shame and, and the whole time it was growing, he allowed himself to grieve and to feel that loss of this love that his life he felt was just never going to get any better. But then when you shave that beard off, it's like you're getting rid of that emotion. What a powerful image and what a powerful ritual to know that you can actually physically do something to purge and say, okay, I'm done. So I grew it out. I felt that feeling and now I'm done. In a class I taught to women at my church, I actually did something similar. I got tiles from Home Depot. And I brought them into our church building and I, I gave each woman a tile. And I said, okay, think of something that's causing you stress or anxiety, something that you really just are tired of dealing with, or it's causing you anguish, or it's causing you pain, and you're just tired of dealing with it. I want you to write it all on the back. It could be one word or it could be 50 words, but here's a, a Sharpie right all over the back of this tile. And they did. And then I said, okay, let's put all of these tiles in this pillowcase. And so all of them put the tiles in the pillowcase. And I had each woman come up and we hammered those tiles till they were just small itty bitty pieces. And I pulled them out and I showed them. And I said, you know, you can't really tell what this person's struggle was, but we've let it go. And then we actually kind of put them together and made a mosaic picture, which ended up being kind of pretty, but not super pretty. So you could maybe do it a different way. But where we put it together and we glued the negative emotion down and let the positive shine through, which was where we had dealt with this together. We knew we were in it together and we had physically pulverized that feeling of that negativity or that problem and that we were willing to solve it together and make something beautiful out of it instead. I still think back on that emotion or on that that day and get emotional because I thought it was such a powerful activity that we did together as women and it made a difference to me. Despite the absence of a direct causal connection between the ritual and the desired outcome, performing rituals with the intention of producing a certain result appears to be sufficient for that result to come true. While some rituals are unlikely to be effective, knocking on wood will not bring any good luck for, for reals, but many everyday rituals make a lot of sense and are surprisingly effective. That's from our article, Why Rituals Work. I think that that is kind of important to, to note that some of these rituals, like there, there's no cause and effect going on. If I grow a beard of shame and then shave it off, I'm not actually doing anything 
to alleviate that problem. A ritual doesn't have to be you physically taking care of the problem or doing something to solve that emotional um, distress that you're feeling. That doing the ritual itself is just to help you to know that you're valued and important. It's to help you to know that you are taking care of yourself in that time and to feel better so that you can process the emotions, process what you need to do, and then move on after. And even though there is no cause and effect relationship there, it does work. It's proven by a lot of these studies that the, that they did through the Harvard Business School. All right, let's move on to our unpaid sponsorship. Today for our unpaid sponsorship, I would like to give a, a shout out to face masks. I don't necessarily have one that like everyone should try because I feel like everyone should kind of try the ones that they want to work on their face. But I will say I got an a, a oil of Olay like tube that I can actually just put on like it's makeup and then I wash it off and it's awesome. But I love face masks because my daughter and I love to put the face masks on together and then we laugh at how silly we look with mud all over our faces. It's a great bonding time for us together and then we'll probably just sit and watch shows or a movie and and just kind of be together while we do this thing that is a ritual that is taking care of ourselves. Then when you wash off the mask and your skin is so soft and refreshed or you feel like a whole new you because your skin has been treated with whatever you wanted to treat it with, I love that feeling. So here's to face masks. They create a fun bonding experience and they give your skin what it needs at the same time. Thank you. Okay, now back to our regularly scheduled program. Rituals are important for everyone. Remember, in an airplane, you have to secure your breathing device before you should take care of your kid. Same rule applies in life. We need to make sure that we are doing for ourselves so that we can do for others. This doesn't mean me first in all things. It, however, does mean me too. You matter, and you can't help anyone if you are a raging mess. What are the five areas where rituals can do work to refuel your lamp? The first area is social attachments. The habits for this would be texting your friends, saying hi to coworkers, etc. Routines could be going out, buying gifts for them, celebrating with the people that you love. A ritual would be creating time in your schedule to see them regularly, checking on friends and loved ones all the time, acting on promptings to call or talk when your instincts kick in. Rituals created with friends and with so with your attachments, that your loved ones, are vital to help those relationships grow and thrive. The second area is physical health. Habits within our physical health would be working out and eating right. That could be something that might take some work, so it might start out that you have to develop that habit. A routine would be doing those things regularly and with purpose. Ritual for physical health would be adding in massage or yoga, or really making sure that you enjoy the food that you're indulging in, focusing on each bite and appreciating it. Another ritual would be working out with people that you love or people that you really care about. A third area where rituals can help us to refuel our lamps is in spiritual practices. Habits with spiritual practices could be going to church, breathing exercises, hiking, um, Routines in this area would be weekly attendance to 
your church or where if you do yoga, something like that could actually help you get in touch with your spiritual side, you as a, as an entity in your own mind. Um, also, hiking with friends could be a spiritual practice, making that something that you do regularly. And reading can also be considered a spiritual practice that would be routine. Making this a ritual would be meditation practice that you focus on heavily. Or reading and taking notes. Really asking the, the deep questions and searching for the answers for yourself. Another way to create a ritual within uh, the spiritual practices is to journal and read through those every once in a while. And kind of see if there's any um, things that you see happen often that create some anxiety or stressful situations. And if you could actually change that. Meaningful work um, is the fourth area where rituals can come into play to help us to refuel our lamps. Meaningful work would be going to do the work that you do. That would be your habit, going. Routines would be to, um, for us as teachers, teaching would be the habit. Teaching to the curriculum would be our routine. That's what we do routinely. And we focus on that and make sure that we're doing our best job. A ritual would be to create a lesson plan for each day, focus on what works and doesn't, and then make adjustments for the next time. Really focusing on the people you teach and the people that you teach with. And finally, the last area where we can um, create some rituals in our lives to refuel our lamps would be in the emotional and mental health area. Habits would be getting up, eating, getting ready, going to work, coming home, eat, go to bed. That would be our regular habit for the day. A routine would be adding in a focus on a healthy meal, making lunch before work so you don't have to eat out or not eat, adding in the gym or time with loved ones, and then the rituals for our emotional and mental health are where we can really gain a lot of insight and in how we can really do a lot for our burnout and issues that exhaust us as teachers. So I'm going to kind of break this up into the different times of day. So when we wake up, we want to make sure that we're waking up with some rituals in place to help us start the day right. So first of all, we have to make sure that you got enough sleep. That one's tough. I know we want to, we want to have some sort of life sometimes. We want to watch a show or we want to read or we want to stay out with our friends. But making sure that you're getting enough sleep is vital. Then another ritual would be to actually leave your phone alone for the first 30 minutes after you wake up. One thing I have really started to do lately, and I love it, is starting my day with a five-minute meditation. This doesn't mean that I try to clear my brain of everything. It means that I just let whatever comes into my brain in. So if I'm sitting in, I, I usually do this right when I wake up, so I'll get out of my bed and sit in the chair and just kind of let my mind think about what I'm going to do that day, and I'll spend five minutes. So I just kind of um, let my brain wander, and, and whatever comes in is what I need to think about at that moment. Another uh, great ritual to start your day right would be to write a daily intention. You could do that in a journal or on just a notepad or however you want to do that. I've heard of some people like making, um, putting it on a paper and putting it like into a bank, like a piggy bank. Um, and then another ritual that you should really put into your day is eating a healthy breakfast and making sure you're hydrating. Once you get to work, we have a whole new set of routines. So actually, we're going to leave the house and that's where we start. The first um, thing to 
make sure that our day at work goes well would be don't listen to negative information or music on the way to work. This would become a ritual where you would want to make sure that you are listening things that are uplifting you and getting you ready to be in front of kids all day or to get the work done that you need to get done that day. So some great things to listen to our podcasts. <laughs> um, music that's uplifting and positive makes you feel in a good mood. Or you can even listen to a talk show that helps you focus on the kind of day that you want to have. Also, once you get to work, make sure you take a deep breath, uh, smile, make sure that you are exuding the behavior and the attitude that you would like to have for the day. When you get to the room, you'll want to make sure that you get your classroom ready for the day you want to have. So that means that you um, are going to make sure that your room is ready to be positive. What you focus on is what you get. So if you think positive and realistic, you're going to have a positive and realistic day. But you create the environment that you want to have. So even if you um, have students that are kind of haywire or things that are not going right, if you can maintain your positive attitude and keep a smile on your face and just keep breathing, you can influence that room to go back the way you want it. Make sure that when you uh, are at work, you're welcoming your students to your room. Make sure you teach them and tell them goodbye. That's a great ritual to have for them, which I discussed in episode nine, but it's also great for you. If you are making sure that you are creating those relationships and your students, the behavior um, in the room improves, it helps you feel better about them. Knowing them as people helps you be more desirous to teach them in a positive way. And remember, when you leave work, leave your work at work. There will be more on this later. I have some upcoming podcasts about how to do this and, and why it's so important. But when you leave work, leave your work there. At home, we have some other things that we can do. Make sure you drive home and let the miles separate you from the day. So if you didn't have a great day and it had nothing to do with you or it had everything to do with you, it's done. It's over. You can't change the past, but you can leave it there in the past. So what I like to do is make my ritual drive home where I physically leave everything on the road as I'm headed home. Another thing I've heard of people doing, I don't personally do this one, but I have a friend who told me that she literally does like a shake dance before she comes into her home and imagine shaking off anything negative that maybe got attached to her during the day when she wasn't at home because she didn't want to bring it into her house. And I thought that was pretty cool. Another thing you can do is make sure you greet your family with a smile, a warm hello, and a hug. Let them feel how happy you are to see them. Even if you didn't have a great day, they had very little to do with that. So making sure that they know that you're happy to see them and that they are important to you is another great way to create a ritual to build relationships in your home. Another thing you can do as a ritual at home is to make sure you have a healthy dinner. Um, I like to plan out my dinners for a whole month. And I know some people think that's crazy. I think I'm crazy sometimes, but it really helps me make sure that we have great dinners planned, that I have all the food I need to make those dinners so that I don't have to make that choice again every day. And it really helps us to feel like calm and happy. And it, it's a positive influence at my house. I like to make sure that I read, watch a movie or spend time with my family doing something that is just fulfilling to me. And I think that that's hard. Sometimes we think we need to be doing for others all the time. And yeah, we do. But if we don't ever spend any time on us, we are telling others 
that we don't find ourselves valuable. And I think it's vital that we hold ourselves vital and important and accountable for that because we are important. And if we don't believe that, other people won't. And we will break down, burn out, and not be able to help anyone that we want to. Bedtime rituals would be don't watch TV right before you go to bed. There are studies that show that lights from the TV and your phone actually keep you up longer and make you have insomnia. No good. When you're getting ready for bed, start turning the lights lower. Make sure that you don't have all the lights on and then just turn them all off and go to bed because we need that time to switch to the bedtime mode. Write three things down that went well that day. That, again, could be in your journal. You could write it on um, the same paper you wrote your morning intention and kind of see, did it work out? And you're writing three things that did go well to really make sure that you're emphasizing and focusing on the positive. Another bedtime routine or ritual that you could do would be to stretch or take a bath. Reading is a great bedtime routine to kind of slow your mind down. Sometimes that doesn't work for me because I'm a major reader, and so that just makes me want to stay up all night. So if that doesn't work for you, I totally understand. And we have to remember that when it's bedtime, we're trying to slow our body down. So when you lay down, it feels like it's time to sleep. So anything that helps you feel that way is what you're going to want to do as your bedtime ritual. Maybe it's washing your face or brushing your teeth really calmly and 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 for a long time or something like that to help you get into that mode. But try to keep your bedtime ritual routine. Every day you're doing the same thing so that your mind knows, oh, I'm getting ready for bed. And that helps you wake up the next morning with enough sleep. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember, today we talked about five areas where personal rituals can help you to form strong relationships with yourself and with others. And they'll help you to feel mentally stable, more able to focus your attention where you want it, and to be in control of your thoughts and actions. Those areas are number one, social, two, physical health, three, spiritual practices, four, meaningful work, and five, emotional and mental health. A ritual is a focus on the experience and not just completing the task. So to create rituals, look at your routines and then think about the norms and values that you abide by at your school or in your personal life and then transmit those values or norms into those routines. And that makes a ritual. Also, apply mindfulness to daily routines and that's a great way to create rituals in your life. Gratitude is the single most impactful way to create a ritual. Doing something out of love and gratitude makes that experience worth remembering. Zig Ziglar said, Gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude for. Our attitudes can influence our mood, our happiness, and that of others as well. As teachers, parents, spouses, friends, we have a lot to do every day. As we express gratitude and change those have-tos into something more, We are rewiring our minds to find the joy in serving. We are refueling our own lamps so that we have the energy, desire, and ability to ignite the fire in others. My goal with Positively Prepped is to help teachers feel balanced, happy, and in control. One great way to do that is to focus our own mental and emotional well-being by utilizing consistent and mindful routines and rituals. When you know that your life is running on routines and rituals built on a foundation of consistency, respect, and mindfulness, 
you can feel happy and in control of your life at school and at home. Thank you for listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. Please subscribe and share. It is important to continually focus on balance and improve our practices. That's why I created Positively Prepped, to help teachers improve themselves, their classrooms, and their lives so that they can create an amazing classroom, leave their work there, and then go home and live a full life, guilt-free. Join me next week as we continue our journey to become Positively Prepped. Remember, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rebecca.Rodriguez. That's Rodriguez with a Q and not a G. Please feel free to shoot me a message and ask questions. Thanks again for listening. See you here next week.